Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Fox Media Podcast Network. This is What the Heck with Mike Heck on MMAFighting.com. Now, here is your host, Mike Heck. What the heck? Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of What the Heck on MMAFighting.com. Hope you're having a great week. As summer is starting to wind down, the sun is going down a little bit earlier at night, and it's starting to cool off a little bit here in New England. I'm not going to lie, I'm ready for fall. September, October, that's my jam. But who cares about my seasonal taste? This is a freaking MMA show. UFC 252 is officially in the books. A lot, I mean, a lot has happened since we spoke a week or so ago. Stipe Miocic, still the UFC heavyweight champion after defeating Daniel Cormier via unanimous decision in the main event. We talked a lot about Saturday night on our post-fight show, Between the Lengths, the A-side. We will a little bit later on this show. Actually, we're going to be talking about it a lot on this show, but it was an event. People were pretty upset about it on Saturday night and on Sunday, just furious with how things played out i gotta be honest i didn't think it was that bad was it ufc 249 no was it ufc 250 no but maybe it's because i look at it through a little bit of a different lens than most of the fans do you know that's the beauty of sports we can debate we can have differing opinions that's what sports is all about so stipe still a champion john jones no longer a champion after vacating his title on Monday, we reacted to that as well. So you can go back into the archives here on YouTube if you want to get our takes on that. We also found out on Tuesday that Dominic Reyes will fight Jan Blahovic for the vacant title, for the undisputed championship. We're going to have a new champion at 205 in the UFC that is not John Jones, that is not Daniel Cormier in the co-main event of UFC 252 on September 26th. 205 is getting a fresh coat of paint and i'll be honest i dig it i dig it a lot especially the fact that john jones wants to go up to heavyweight we want to see that for a while and it looks like he's taking that next step on his own i am all in on all of this this whole thing i am all in my chips are in the middle that's for sure bellator is back on friday bellator 244 ryan bader versus vadim nemkov will be the main event for the light heavyweight title. We found out that they're going to be doing back-to-back events on September 11th and September 12th. 
which includes a title fight. Patrick Mix versus Juan Archuleta for the Bellator Bantamweight title. We're gonna have a new Bantamweight champion in Bellator. So they're they're getting after it. Gotta, gotta respect it. Bellator trying to get back into the mix here. They got a lot of momentum. They can have a good card on Friday night. They're gonna be in pretty good shape. The UFC is back in Las Vegas on Saturday. That event will be headlined by Pedro Munoz taking on Frankie Edgar in a Bantamweight fight. Frankie Edgar, finally gets in there in the 135 pound weight class and listen i am a a very positive guy i know you for those who just follow mma fighting or only known me for mma fighting i think you've seen to this point through the first five or so months of my career here at mma fighting i'm a pretty positive guy but this ufc event is it is what it is, but, you know, we'll be watching, we'll be covering, we'll be reacting this weekend, but let's get into the lineup. Let's start these conversations. Wrapping things up, we're going to check in with Derek Brunson, the number seven ranked middleweight in the world. We're going to talk a little UFC 252 from his perspective, how he was watching it on Saturday, where he goes at 185, and also I wanted to get his reaction to a tweet that he set out on Monday after John Jones vacated the title about... Pondering a move to 205? We'll talk about that and see what that's all about a little bit later on in the show. Vince Pichel got a big win on Saturday night. Nice to see him back in there. Featured prelim. Over a million people saw him defeat Jim Miller at UFC 252. We'll check in with the man with the dashing mustache coming up a little bit later on. Another big winner from Saturday night. Daniel Pineda returned to the octagon after six plus years and he finishes Herbert Burns who's a big underdog did so in the second round it was a tremendous performance and it paid off in more ways than one which you're going to hear all about in around 25 minutes or so it's pretty wild you'll you'll understand what I'm saying in, in a little bit but first outside of Stipe Miacic the biggest winner from Saturday night is this man he finished Sean O'Malley in the co-main event of UFC 252 via first round TKO. Here's my chat with Marlon Cheeto Vera. On Saturday night at UFC 252 in the co-main event, this man finished Sean O'Malley in the first round as an over two to one underdog. He's now won six fights in a row in the Bantamweight division. In his mind, he's won seven fights in a row. And now big things could be in store for Marlon Cheeto Vera, who returns to what the heck for the second time in three weeks. Marlon, how are you, sir? Good, bro. I'm feeling great. I'm I'm grateful and I'm blessed. I'm I'm feeling amazing. Um, I'm, by the way, I just surfed, so I'm feeling good. There you go. You went into the UFC Apex. You did what you said you were going to do. You got the biggest win of your career. Besides surfing, how have you celebrated this big win? Um, certainly night, uh, my coaches, my teammates, uh, a couple of friends, my wife, my kids, we went to my manager's house and, and you know, we drink a couple of shots. We, we, we fast, we eat good food and... And we have a good time. We talk about the future, um, and then we're we're in the right in the right direction. And so Sunday Sunday morning we we, we eat again a little bit, and then I drove back to California, so I'm home now. Monday I definitely took it off. I literally was just sitting on the porch, just getting some air, and just thinking about it, uh, letting all the emotions sit down. Things what's next how can get better, what I can do. And then today, of course, I went to the water, get some, um, you know, 
some fun training, some like outdoors. But I surfed like for two hours. It was pretty good today. The waves were good today. So feeling good. I'm feeling great. It's good to be Marlon Vera right now, right? Yeah, you know, you know, it's, it's always good to be. You know, it's always good when when you are somebody but yourself. You know, so I feel I I keep that strong. I I I respect myself. I like myself, and you know, that's the way to go. What a difference a few months make, right? I mean, in May you had that controversial decision loss, decision loss to Song Yudong, and you, along with a lot of other people, felt that you won that fight. You felt you were heading into Saturday night with that long winning streak, but you said, you know, it still sort of ticked you off a little bit that you were on the wrong side of that decision. Did Saturday night, in the way that fight played out with Sean O'Malley, did that take that sort of bad taste out of your mouth? Like, the bad taste out of my mouth went away, like, the next day of the fight. I accepted, I let it go. I was like, okay, it is what it is. There's nothing I can do. And I believe, because I think like that, is because I can move forward, I can keep working, because I wasn't thinking I'm coming off a loss. Of course, I'm not, I'm, I'm acting like a cocky or, or like an idiot, like, oh yeah, I won the fight, blah, blah, blah. You lost the fight. You, you go to my record, there's a fucking red dot that I hate. But there's there's nothing you can do about it, so you gotta move on. So I, f I feel moving on helped me focusing for this fight, training hard, and I was, I, was, I was very prepared for this fight, I was very ready, and I just knew something that people don't didn't knew, you know. You know, when you have that feeling that you know you did everything, everything in your hands in order to win the fight. Training, recovery, eating well, getting the best I can around to just to be ready. I did all that. I followed every single step and it was weird. When I was walking to the cage, there was moments that I that I feel that I wasn't ready. But it's because I wasn't nervous. I was so calm. I was so like, I'm so ready that I didn't feel ready. So I was like, that kind of like, I was like thinking, I was like, fuck, what's going on with me? Like in the in the, in the locker room, I was hitting meets. I was grappling a little bit and I was like, I don't have any feelings. Like, I feel like a, like I'm dead. Like there, there was no feelings. And then the nerves pump up and I was like, oh, thank God. I was missing you guys. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to my body again. But it was weird. Like all that morning of the fight, I was just, I was just cold face, so you know. I guess it's experience, you know, when you when you better prepare. And this is one of the fights that I actually came with no pain on my body. Like my feet wasn't banged down, my my knees wasn't banged down. You know, I I, I kick a lot in camp, so like this is the first time, no shin splits, no bullshit. So you know, there's things that hurt, but at least the main things that always bugged me wasn't there this time. And you know. It's a blessing, you know, because we always go in there with pain, but we just have to hide it. Is the way you felt Saturday throughout the day and in the, in the lead into the fight, you know, that calm feeling, not having the nerves until until closer to the fight, is that typical for you or is this one of the first times that's happened to you? Uh, no, it is typical because um, it's the way it works, man. Like, I really, I really put some, some massive work on my side. I really put everything from my side, like, I show up to the gym and I'm smiling. I'm I'm happy I'm there. I'm not just going I'm not just going to the gym for a sweat, for going through the motions. I'm there with a mission. And if I don't feel I'm getting better, I ask questions, I say something like I'm never comfy with myself. I'm never I'm never like I'm never sit down, I'm like, that's it, it's enough. It's never enough for me. And I feel that's the reason I have succeeded in my career because I'm always looking 
for ways to get better, you know. And then I, ha I have good coaches behind me that every time I ask a question or without a question, they, they, they find out how to give me something extra, give me uh, tips to get better. And you, I, just, I just feel it's work ethic, you know. In anything in life, if you put everything from you, you're going to get it done. As we sort of talked about the last time you were on, there was a lot said and done in the build-up to the fight in an attempt, at least it appeared so, to sort of try to get in your head and get under your skin. And you said you didn't care, you didn't give an F. It's part of the fight game. It is what it is. Now that the fight is over, would you say that some of that trash talk fueled you a little bit or all that stuff that you sort of brushed off a few weeks ago? Did it actually motivate you a little bit more or did you, like, did you really mean uh, what you said that it didn't matter? I, I I would keep my words like it, it really didn't matter like uh, like I wasn't more worried or I wasn't more pressure you know you, you're always pressure you don't want to fucking lose you don't you don't want to be a loser you don't wanna you don't wanna be somebody that don't achieve your dreams you don't wanna be somebody that don't get it done you you don't wanna come back home and and you and you see your kids in the eyes and and you just fake you're a, a badass but you're like. You know you're, you're slacking in the gym, you're getting late, you're eating bullshit. Like, when I see them, I'm like, if I lose a fight, let's see if even if I lose a fight, I know I'm giving everything from me. So at least somehow they can learn that from me when they grow up. Like, it's not about, it's not about, it, it's all about winning. But at the end of the day, sometimes you cannot control that. Sometimes you just can't. So... I feel giving everything from me just make me, that's enough, that, that's enough pressure. My only pressure is to wake up every morning thinking I have to do work, thinking that I have to get it done and that's about it. Like, I'm not a perfect person, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the best, I'm not the GOAT, nobody's a GOAT. That's just a, that's just a fucking bubble that they create for a couple of weeks and then somebody wins a couple of fights and like, oh, we find a new one. It's all about just getting it done and that's what I chase. One person that the, the trash talk seemed to get to was your manager, Jason House. He jumps on Twitter right after the fight and sent a message to Tim Welch saying something Whoa. to the effect of, that's what I thought, MFers, still think Cheeto is easy money. How fired up was he and the rest of your team throughout the week? Because it seemed like they took things a little bit more personal. Um, you know, everybody's different, but I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't agree with Jason if I wouldn't see everything that that idiot was saying, like he was literally coming after us from nothing, like literally, like they won a fight, right? They won against Eddie Wineland. I was technically fighting somebody else. And then they started calling me out. The coaches started calling me out. Wouldn't the fuck we see a, a, a high level coach saying, like a coach can have an opinion. I would like my people to fight X guy. But those guys were talking shit. They were like, oh, this is money, blah, 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 blah. And then, I feel my answer to him when he say when he said that after the one fight, I roast him pretty good. I was like, look, dude, enjoy your couple minutes of fame because as a fighter, you were shit. And guess what? They keep calling me out. Now his fucking minute of fame is away because he was like, he was about to become the greatest coach ever, right? If, if this guy wouldn't keep beating people up because that's how media works. He will become this massive whatever. I fucking stop all that shit. How... How I control myself, I don't know, man. I don't know what's inside my head, but I'm I'm pretty good at not paying attention to negativity. And then in defense of my manager, he was talking shit to my manager like for no reason. Like Jason will make a post about whatever, like nothing to do with me or with any fighter, and he will comment something like 
be honest, easy money. There's like, don't go after people. And then on the embedded, this is the first time ever I didn't watch embedded at all. Because I'm a nerd, I watch every single UFC video or whatever. Just because I was in there, I was I watch it later when I go back home. I haven't watched it yet. So I'm gonna watch it in the next couple of days. But I see a couple of clips. He was like, Jason Parillo is giving false confidence. I'm like, now you're talking about my coach. You're putting my coach in your mouth for nothing. And then Parillo came on, on Friday night to, to my room and he's like, listen. And, uh, he, was, he, he wasn't mad, he was just fired up. He was, listen, you go tomorrow and you fuck the motherfucker up because now that fucking con put my name on his mouth and I was like, coach, since I'm a person that don't get pressure, I get it done. I won't do it for me, I won't do it for us. Because he was talking about calling my other coach. I was like, you gotta quit that shit. You're, not, you're talking about my coaches? Like, and then my wife sent me a post that fucking Sean made about, uh, what's his name? Snoop Dogg, when he was yelling, O'Malley, O'Malley, O'Malley. He's like, oh, Cheetah's better girlfriend, blah, 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 when he's in bed with Cheetah. So I was like, I laugh. I told my wife, haha. And I told her, don't, don't even reply anything. Like, don't give any attention. Because I'm like that. I really don't pay attention. Like, it's weird. That doesn't bug me. But somehow, I'm able to fuck him up. So I take that. Because people is, people is just mean in social media. Because they can say something and get away with it. In other sports, if you talk while, you get you, you get a sanction, your team get uh, a failure, you you get money taken away from you. But the UFC let us get away with that, which is cool. I, I don't mind the trash talk, I, I enjoy it, I, I actually have fun. Like, you know, my vocabulary is pretty bad when I, when I want to, so I enjoy it, but some people get away with things. The only problem is like, they get baptized later on, so. You know, if you want to talk wild, make sure you bring a pair of balls to the cage. I learned that from, from George, you know. Happens with Aspen, happens with me a couple of times, like people talk, talk, talk. Hey, when that shit is closed, I'm a real one. Like, I know that. I'm not faking, I'm a real fighter. If I see you in the corner of my house and you're talking shit, I'm going to fight you in the middle of the street. Guarantee. I don't care who you are. So... Yeah, I, I, that interview we did a couple of weeks ago really stuck, stood out to me when thinking about the fight because you had this look in your eyes where, like, there's this calm demeanor to you, but you could see, like, how fired up you were, but you were sort of – you're doing a great job of kind of keeping it in, but you could see it in your eyes. Did you say you had a – before the O'Malley fight was booked, you were set to fight somebody else, and then they made the switch? What happened there? Yeah, well, they, they offered me and Jimmy Rivera to fight because even – before the fight, the fight wasn't announced. We don't sign contracts. But Jimmy Rivera say on the on the Hawaii show that that he was supposed to, he was he he was fighting me August eight. So my manager told me like, yeah, that's the fight that maybe is gonna happen. So I was like, fuck yeah, that's a good fight. And then O'Malley beat Eddie Wineland and he become the shed for being uh, a fucking older man. Like I respect Eddie Wineland. Like I. I, I grew up watching the guy, so I'm not talking shit on him right now. I'm not using this momentum to talk shit about him. He seems to be a pretty fucking cool guy. Uh, so, but let's be fucking real. The guy being KO by Johnny Eduardo, I'm a hardcore fan. If Eduardo did that many years ago, why we are like so like, oh, fucking KO of the year, like get the fuck out of here. That was a, that was, that, that was a good KO, but 
there's many chaos there's chaos weekly so whatever um so when he did that he get a lot of momentum so he started calling me out he said like i want to fight cheeto in every single interview i was like what everything your coach was saying he was like looking in the mirror that's uh too much overconfident like they're giving me a false sense of confidence my coaches don't give me a false sense of confidence they were like hey you fucking say sharp don't get the hit with that fucking right hand he's good they were being real to me they're always been real to me that's why i keep them because they're real uh but his corner was like they were calling me calling me out so the ufc were like hey the kid is in his good in a good moment you want cheeto we give you cheeto but you know i'm in the rankings now so i'm looking up I'm, i want to move up so Let's 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 get the fight done with Jimmy. That's the fight to make. I would agree with that. You you guys had a, a pretty intense face off on Friday, hmm. typical. And then you guys got a little bit closer to each other, and then you you started saying a couple of things to him. What did you say to him on Friday? So this is this is how I approach things in ways I like. You know, get a good attitude, get in front of each other. You can be face to face, but I never ever touch an opponent. We're gonna fight the next day, so while punch or risk the fight. So I always tell to my team, to my people, to my friends, the day somebody touch me, I'm not touching back. I'm just letting the hands go. So I I always get close. I always get close, but I never touch. I never touch. The minute we make a skin contact, it's it's fucking on. I'm letting it go. And I say this publicly, and, and I respect, my opponents respect that. We can get in each other's face. We can look each other mean. We can say a couple of words, but that's about it. So he came a little fast. He, he tried to, like, kind of, like, impress me coming fast. I was like, I don't even flinch. I was like, dude, calm down. I've been here. Just, you know, make whatever you want. So he, he wasn't saying nothing, and then he put his fist close to me. And I was counting in my head. I was like, three, two. Like, he, I was, he touched me. I let it fucking go. So... Um, I, I told him what I told him was like you want to touch me touch me like you want to get a taste for tomorrow do it right now let's see if you have the balls touch me and then he wasn't talking to me but I keep looking as he, I, I, I was looking at his fucking eyes I like to see my opponents in the eye and then the, the next thing I say is like yeah that's what I expect you, you're doing nothing motherfucker and I don't know man maybe I'm wrong maybe I'm right but he looks down and I just tell me body language. I'm, I'm a person that I believe in energy. I believe in, in in a vibe. And if I see you're weaker than me, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna capitalize from there. And you know, I, I I guess it's part of being so prepared that I'm just I'm 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 just I just believe in myself so much. Did something happen before you walked to the octagon? Did I hear you say that? Yes, there were, there were, I don't, I'm not sure who was yelling. They were like, he's fucking slow, he's gonna get KO, fuck you, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I, w- I was really like, I was literally just like moving my head like, you don't even know what's gonna happen to you right now. You don't even, you don't even understand. But, you know, like Dana White says, when you know, you know. If you didn't know, now you know. Like, I just, I just knew something he didn't knew. Like, you know, fighting is, Fighting is a fucking weird thing, dude. And you just know, man. It's, it's weird. Like you just know. It's like I, I don't even know how to explain it. I just have it inside me, and it comes down for preparation. But they were yelling shit. They were getting wild things. Even Herb Dean, when the fight started, he's like, "Hey, you can't talk like that." Like he literally told me to shut the fuck up because he was like, 
fuck him, he's slow, look, he's scared. I was like, dude, I don't know why are you talking. I'm scared. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking signing out this to fucking die. I'm not letting you take the money from my family away. I'm not letting you taking my rankings. I'm not letting you taking nothing from me right now. We're gonna fight. Then I guess that's how they get fighters to think, overthink, or get weird. I only listen my my corner. That, that that's a that's a pretty positive thing about me. Like I'm like sing to my corner. The three guys in there. If they say fucking sit down, I will sit down in the middle of the cage. It's because I trust him. I, I, I trust him hard. And, and when the fight was over, of course I react. I was like, go and fuck yourself, you son of a bitch. Like, now talk now. Like, get it, you want to get in my face? I was expecting him to say something so I can, I can, I can drill him. Because, you know, you, you cannot be that disrespectful. You can. You can. And if you're going to be that disrespectful, you better keep the same energy, win or lose, you know? If I'm insulting you and you beat me, I will keep insulting you after the fight. It was a, a pretty patient approach by both of you guys early on. Sean threw a lot of feints. He was landing some kicks to the legs and the body. You know, after you start to feel those shots, it seemed like your confidence was starting to, to go up and up and up as things progressed. It seemed like you were starting to figure out his timing as well with the feints and everything. When did you sort of realize that you had him figured out to that point because it seemed like you picked it up probably before the the leg kick that started the beginning of the end yeah um, I, will, I, will, I will say um you know he's a he's a good fainter he faints good and then he punches you so i prepare for that i prepare for dumb bite on faints I, I i have my coaches fucking fainting me a lot and you know Paril is very fast you know Romeo Danza he's a one of the one of the best Muay Thai fighters in the U.S. from from Chinoyama. he coached me too in the, in the in the in the in the kickboxing Muay Thai area, and they were fainting me. They were like telling me what to do when a faint happened. You know, it, you know you gotta you gotta do the best you can in preparation. But once you enter the cage, now you have to fight because because it's, it's easy. Coaches can be like, hey, I want you to do this, this, and that, and that might be the the truth. But them doing their life is kind of hard. So. I just believe if I invest that much in my preparation, you know, I was expecting that. So, luckily, I'm a lucky person. I'm a blessed person. Things went my way. The big talk, obviously, was how the fight ended, the injury, et cetera. And at first, at least from what I saw, you were not getting the credit you deserved. And, and I tweeted out that you deserved all the credit, regardless of how the injury occurred, which upon further review, it looks like that you caused the injury and the damage that led to how the fight was finished. We've seen different videos on social media and such. Do you know, like, how the injury occurred? Like, at one point, you pointed down after you landed a low kick. Did you know right away that you had hurt him? Um, I feel it because, you know, as I said before, it's an, it's an energy thing. You know, when I, when he kicked me hard, I didn't, my energy didn't drain. It's not like I broke. I was like, oh, fuck, he kicked so hard. I'm going to, I'm going to throw the towel. And he kicked me. I was like, okay, you kicked me now. Now, now, now you're going to take mine. And then I check one of those too. So I, I thought the injury came from my check, but it came from my kick when I saw it later. And then when I kick him, he just didn't take it the way I took it, you know. He's like, he landed good, a good punch behind the head. Uh, but, you know, I just, I just took it well. Like, I just, I, I just walked through that. And I feel that's what um, break fighters, when you took the best from them and nothing happened, 
when I when I when I kick him, he he broke. So that means my conditioning coach is doing a great job in getting me ready, getting me strong, and I love to I love to lift very heavy. Like he have to tell me like, hey, no more lifting for you because you need to get ready for the fight. You need to be explosive. Because I, I just preference, I like to squat. But that, that, that gives me those big kicks, and and I appreciate that. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I have a good team that get me ready for that. And I said before, my Sherry was just stronger than his. The, there was talk about the early stoppage, I think, as the video was shown. People realized it wasn't an, an early stoppage. But Sean obviously was was in a lot of pain. He did go over and fist bump you after he, you know, before he got wheeled out on the gurney. Did yeah. you guys say anything to each other after the fight at all? I, I was quiet. I was like, I was like, I worse couldn't say what I did to him already. So that's why I didn't took the time to insult him or or going after him or, you know, or, or humiliating it because I already did everything I could do. So after that, I believe silence was just a stronger thing. So when he bombed my fist, I just bombed his fist and he just went away. So, you know, um, it's, I think it's easier, you know, it's easier to say, fuck you, it's easier to go after them. But I think about it like that could be me. So when if, if I wouldn't talking like if I wouldn't be talking that while and you beat me like that, I would I, I would love to just keep it quiet, you know, because you know it's 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 it, you got fucked up. Dude. It's, it's a we're in the hurt business. So I I was thinking on going off, but then I was just like, be better than that, you know, just stay quiet. Would you have any advice for Sean after this? I mean, because he was in an interesting position. The UFC was obviously trying to push him up the ladder. We, you probably didn't even see the promos on Saturday night, but Stephen A. Smith from ESPN was voicing these promos, comparing him to like some of the rising stars, not just in MMA, but in like the entire sports world. So it was clear what the UFC was trying to do here. You thwarted those well, plans pretty rapidly. Well, but w- do you have any advice for Sean? Well, I got advice for Smith. He's that motherfucker better be hyping my ass right now. <laughs> Uh, well, I don't know, man. I, I don't really know him, so I don't really, I don't, I don't really care. The only thing I would advise to him is, you know, get in the fucking horse and and, and start grinding. But you know, when when you don't have caring or you know sympathy for somebody, you just you just don't give a fuck. You know, I will save that advice for somebody I love and I care about it. So, you know, we might fight in the future if we win a couple of fights. You know, so I don't, I don't. I don't want to get friendly or, you know, or, you know, to advise, you know, who the fuck I am to give him advice, you know, go and figure your shit on. Fair your enough. Your own shit, not your shit on. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, you know, obviously a short night for you, but it was a very hard camp. Like you said, I'm sure you're going to take this time, spend, spend it with your family, maybe take a well-deserved vacation. Jimmy Rivera seems to be the guy. I think a lot of people agree with that. When would you like that fight to happen? Any sort of timetable? Um, I, b- I believe uh, when the when the UFC come back to Vegas in November will be pretty cool fighting November. I gotta make sure, uh, you know, I, I, gotta, I gotta see when my teammates are fighting because you know I don't want to jump in camp when, when when coaches are away or stuff like that. But most important, I gotta also make sure uh, perfecting athletes can come with me to the fight because you know they work with a lot of pro boxers and and they just fucking know how to make me cut away and recover and. And I'm and I'm pretty mental person. Once something works for me, I'm not going any other direction. So I want to keep you know the team together, 
my corners and everything to be with me in the fight and make sure they can prepare me. Like we talked about the last time you were on here, you know, we talked about maybe you, you're doing your division a favor in this fight. You said you didn't give an F about them and how they felt about it, but it turns out based on the reaction from fighters, that's exactly what you did. That they, they were giving you some shine, some of the top 35ers in the division. Now you're getting all this attention right now. You're jumping on some of these big shows. You're on Michael Bisbing's podcast the other day. How are you enjoying all this attention that you're getting, this momentum that you it's, have? You know, you, you, you can complain about these things, you know, uh, that's that's what I, w I was talking earlier with my wife. Like uh, a, a lot of people wanna wanna be famous. A lot of people wanna have all the, the attention. But now, deal with attention. Deal with the, deal with all this. You know, it's it's work. This is not like it's not like I'm chilling in a vacation right now. You gotta take care of business. You gotta talk to the media. You gotta let it, let them know what you want, and you gotta spread the word. So um, I'm I'm working. I'm grinding right now, and it's pretty fucking sweet. I enjoy it. And then I say I say I I said it before. You gotta learn how to play the game you gotta you, you gotta roll your dice correctly and take advantage of the momentum you have to momentum is a powerful thing and i i i do take advantage of that of that well you deserve it all man incredible win outstanding performance you're certainly proof that things can change very quickly in the sport congratulations marlon enjoy the victory enjoy the time with your family and we'll talk soon thank you brother i appreciate you Huge win for Marlon Vera on Saturday night. Glad to have him back on the show. It's funny. There's there's still people on social media that their sole purpose right now is to take this win and take the credit away from Marlon Vera because they're, they're such big Sean O'Malley fans. Like, they watch the sport sometimes, but they, they watch for Connor and they watch for some of the bigger names, the rising stars, the Sean O'Malley's, but... This is just insanity. It's absolute ridiculousness if you're not going to give Marlon Vera credit for that win. Either way, Cheeto doesn't care. I don't really care either. I know what I think. I think most people would agree with my take on it. He deserves the credit. He won. He wants Jimmy Rivera, and that is the fight to make, in my opinion. Hopefully that's, that's what the UFC can get done as we move ahead to another winner from Saturday night's main card, a more than triumphant return to the octagon after six-plus years for Daniel the Pit Pineda. He gets a win, gets a finish, and a bonus over Herbert Burns. Let's check in with Daniel Pineda right now. What a return to the UFC it was for Daniel Pineda on Saturday night. He finishes Herbert Burns in the second round via TKO nearly six and a half years after his last Octagon appearance, and he gets some extra moolah in his bank account to boot. Daniel, congratulations, man. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing good, brother. I'm doing a lot better now with that 50000 extra. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you back home or are you still in Vegas? I was Because I know Ike's got a fight coming up, so I didn't know if you were staying out there or not. No, no, no. I'm, uh, I'm at home right now. That's okay. my baby girl. So, yeah, I'm at home right now. You just had a baby girl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two months. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. First one? Yeah, first one. Man, so you're living the dad life right now. Does yep. it change you at all? Do you feel different? Uh, I just a lot less sleep. <laughs> Not a sleeper. No, they, they, no. Baby girl stays up. Oh, well, there you go. I watched a lot of Cheers, that old TV show from the 80s when my son was born, because he didn't sleep either. So I caught <laughs> up on, uh, on a lot of Cheers during the early days. So you'll get used to it. Hopefully she sleep becomes a sleeper quicker than my kid did. But uh Let's talk about you, man. What a story this is. We found out in June 
I believe that you had re-signed with the UFC all these years later. How did that come to be before we get into your illustrious turn return on Saturday? Repeat that again. You, you were like freezing up. Oh, okay. So we found out in June that you had re-signed with the company. Mm-hmm. So how did that all come to be before we talk about the actual fight? Oh, yeah, my manager hit me up, and uh, we were going to take a, I think it was like a three-day no, three notice fight. And I said, uh, yeah, I'm down. I'm down to fight. Three-day notice. Screw it. Why not, right? I was like, we just got to do a little catch weight. And uh, we went over there, commissioned in, allowed it. I guess it was too late, you know, like three days. I had to get all my medicals. So it didn't happen, but I guess Shelby's like, man, you know, you had to, you know, you have to, I want to say the boss to do it. So we're going to sign you again. I was like, cool. So yeah, that's how I got signed, man. I took a fight in a three, three, three day notice and, uh, didn't happen, but I got signed. So that was good. Who are you supposed to fight? Oh my God. He's very tall. Uh, I don't know. I don't know his name. I forgot his name, but I know he was very tall and, uh, he was undefeated. He's like a boxer kind of, I think. I mean, it's supposed to be a good fight. And three day notice, so I was like, oh shoot, that would have been hard one, man. I would have been really out of shape. I was, in, I wasn't in good shape in this one. Imagine another one, I would have been done. <laughs> well, this obviously worked out better for you. It's been an interesting year, year and a half for you, because I, I guess to say that it's been a roller coaster ride would be kind of an understatement. Between the PFL run, your opponent missing weight for your first fight in July with them. You get into the playoffs, you got two wins in one night to get to the finals against Lance Palmer, and then the positive drug test happens, the fine, the suspension, and all that other stuff that went happened that, that went on. After all this, you end up back in the UFC. Like what have these last 14, 15 months been like for you? It's been crazy. It, it, it's, it, it's been crazy, you know. Uh I mean, it just, you know, every everything happens for a reason, you know, and uh I'm here. You know, now I'm in the UFC and I feel a lot better. I'm happy, you know, just keep going and keep climbing the ladder. You're seeing a lot of your, some of your teammates, some of the guys you work with getting signed, like Ike Villanueva getting signed. I don't think I could have been happier for another guy like on the regional scene getting signed to the UFC because I know how hard Ike's worked over the years on the regional scene fighting for, for Fury FC and winning titles. And, you know, with his age, he didn't think his opportunity would ever come. So when I found out that he got the call, I was like, holy cow, like that is amazing. You yeah. being a guy that's been with him for so long, he talks so glowingly about you every time I speak with him. What was that like for you to find out that Ike finally got over that hump and got that call? Man, I, I was so happy for him, man. You know, like I literally, you know, I mean, I've never told him, but like all I wish was like, man, I just, I just, I wish that he gets a chance to experience, you know, the UFC, you know, to make money. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, all these little shows over here, they're cool and everything, but man, you don't make enough money to support your family, you know? And he's gone through a lot, you know? He's fought, he's, he's an OG, man. He's fought a lot, you know? So I really wanted him to make it. Now that he made it, man, I'm happy, you know? He just needs to work hard and try to stay in it, you know? And that's why he's out there in Couture, you know, working hard in Vegas. You know, he quit his job and he's freaking, he's all into it, you know? Like he's gonna freaking, he's gonna win this weekend, man. So it should be good. I'm I'm very I'm happy and I'm proud of him, you know, that he's doing he made his moves, you know, and went to Couture to go train, you know, find some bigger people. Wait a minute, he quit his job? I didn't think he would ever quit that job. I'm not gonna say quit. 
<laughs> he took some time off, I guess. He took some time off while he tries to freaking, uh, you know, get this fight. Yeah, but I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say he quit. I don't know how that works. I think they gave him some time off. All right. Full <laughs> like... time. Yeah. So, so a hiatus, not a quitting. Yeah, he didn't quit, but he's taking some time off. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I was like, wow. I was like, he said such a glowing thing. He said he would never quit that job. So that's, that was crazy. But good on him. I know he's had some changes, some shuffle ups with this fight, but uh, glad to see he's getting back in there on Saturday. But your fight with Herbert Burns, this thing came together very quickly, it seemed. When did you find out that that this is a thing? Uh, two weeks before the fight, man, they, they, they hit me up and they're like, hey, would you take this fight? I'm like... Yeah, I'll take the fight in a heartbeat. You know, I'll fight anybody. You know, you just tell me. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like when they ask me to fight, I'm going to say yes. You know, I mean, as long as, especially because I was just signing it was my first fight back, you know, I can't say no. So, uh, yeah, man, I'll, just, I'll fight anybody. And as soon as they told me to fight them, I said yes. I trained for one week. And then I took off to Vegas and, yeah, two-week notice. And you had to cut a ridiculous amount of weight to get to the limit, right? 27 pounds. Damn. How much yeah. did that suck, man? Because, like, most of us, we can't possibly understand how rough that can be, cutting all that weight in such a short amount of time. What was that like, you know, having to cut all that weight as you're getting ready for this return to the UFC that you've been hoping for for all these years? Man, it sucks, man. It takes a, a big toll on your cardio. You know, like like cutting all this weight, it, it just your cardio, it just drains you, man. It, it drains your cardio. Like I'm already not in good shape. You know what I'm saying? Like my cardio wasn't all that because it's only two weeks. And then when you have to cut 27 pounds, you're just like, shit, I really got to, you know. And, and, you know, I wish I wish they would have told me, their camp would have told me, hey, let's do a catch rate at 150. You know, those five pounds count a lot, man. I mean, it counts a lot. You know, they would have told me, do catch weight at 150 I would have been like nice <laughs> yeah I was gonna say because you, you you're cutting 26 27 pounds you make it and then you find out that Herbert missed by three and a half pounds yeah it's cool you get some extra money in your pocket but were you a little pissed on Friday yeah oh no I, I was I, I was kind of mad you know but because like I said screw his money you know like let me know so I don't have to make weight you know what I'm saying those five pounds man it, those Every fighter tell you those last five pounds are the ones that hurt the most. Man, they hurt. You know, and I mean, I guess he knows because he freaking didn't make weight. You know, but they hurt, man. They, they suck. Were you were you paying attention to like the chatter and the odds heading into the fight and how people were viewing the matchup? Because you know Herbert had been on a roll. He had five straight finishes. The last four are in the first round. You were a pretty sizable underdog heading into the fight. Do you do you pay attention to that stuff at all? Mm -hmm. Yeah, big time. No, I do. I do. I, I you know, I, I, I sneak a peek, but uh, I knew it because a lot of my peoples were like, oh, man, we're betting this much on you. You know, yeah, put some pressure on me, you bastard. <laughs> you know, a lot of people were putting a lot of, I mean, it's a lot of pressure, you know, when everybody tells you how much money they put it on you, you know. And uh, I'm happy. I like to be the underdog, man. I like I like to prove people wrong. You know, I was the underdog in PFL. You know, I was, what, plus seven something. Yeah. Whenever Herbert Burns, when I started with Herbert Burns, I was plus four something. I wish I would have stayed at four something, made more money. <laughs> what was the? You, you don't have to tell me who it was, but what was the, the most amount of money that you won somebody on Saturday night? Did they? Did, did you get a number at all? A uh, hundred thousand. What? 
Someone $100,000 on you? Yeah. Somebody that you know? Mm-hmm. That's another, crazy. Another guy won 80, I think like 84000 Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, wild. Vegas hates us. <laughs> Did you, so you're talking about like you finding out that people are putting money on you. Did you know that these like massive bets were put in on you or did you find out afterwards? Uh, no, I knew about it. Oh my God. I was like, yeah, hey, at least buy me a freaking a hey, 10%. I'll take 10% or whatever y'all made. <laughs> yeah. They better buy you a car or something after. Yeah, take me out to eat, man. I'm, I'm going to get fat. I ain't buy you something. <laughs> well, it better be a fancy place. $185,000 you won these people. Yeah, man, that's the two biggest ones. I know one was a hundred thousand, one was like eighty-four thousand, and then other people were like ten thousand, sixteen thousand, twenty thousand. But it's crazy. So over under quarter million dollars that you won for people. Are we over oh, that number or under? A lot more. I mean, <laughs> oh my God, it's that's so crazy. crazy. Yeah, yeah, I was such an underdog, man. And you know, like the people that I train with, they know, you know, they know, you know, that. There's no quit in me, man. You're going to have to knock me out or put me to sleep to stop me. You know, I don't just stop. So anytime that I'm going to fight, no matter what, we're going to keep on fighting. You know, we're going to see who has more heart. Man, so those people who liked you before the fight, they're, they're loving you now. So oh, they're yeah. wiping the, the sweat beams with their $100 bills that they just got from the betting window, thanks to you. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. The- you, you know, they were nervous, too, when that guy would never ever took my back. They're like, oh, shit. <laughs> I, w- I will tell you this. Um, my little brother is not a huge MMA fan, but when these big pay-per-views come on, I would say he's more of like a gambler with these fights than anything. But he told me, he said, um, he goes, I took Pineda and I took the under. Whatever the, I think the over-under was like two and a half rounds or something, or a round and a half. But you finished him like just under the, or it was something, whatever whatever the over-under was, he took that and he bet it hard and you finished him like right at the number. So you picked up some good money for him too. So oh, my okay. little brother thanks you as well. <laughs> but the first round made him and everybody else who bet on you very, very confident because you set the table for what was to come. You took him down. You were on top of him landing the big shots. You beat him up throughout that entire first round. Your confidence back at the stool must've been sky high after those first five minutes. Were they not? Oh man. You know what? I I, I was, you know, cause you know, he has so much high behind him and I was like, man, is he really that good in jujitsu? Like, fuck, am I going to get caught right off the bat? You know, so it's nerve-wracking, man, you know, like hearing all these people, how good he is, all he does is jiu-jitsu. His brother's saying that he's better than him. And as soon as I felt him, I was like, man, I can handle this guy, you know? Like, I don't do a lot of jiu-jitsu tournaments, you know, but I do a lot of ground and pound, you know what I'm saying? Like, jiu-jitsu, you know, I'm a black belt myself, you know, and I have a lot of confidence in myself, you know? I've trained with Makako a long time, you know? And Renan Chavez, and I mean, classy. I mean, I've been with... I mean, Jeff Mancini, I've been with so many black belts. I've trained with a lot of black belts, you know? So I felt confidence in myself, you know? So I felt good. The second round, he comes out firing. He lands that pretty strong right hand. He takes you down, takes your back like you talked about. He's trying to get submission. You're There it is. You're able to overcome it all, and that led to that crucifix, and you're dropping those elbows, and, and that thing was a wrap. I mean, what did that feel like, man? Just a... Uh, 
you know, he takes your back. Not many people have survived that. And then you turn it over and you finish the fight the way that you did. What did that feel like, man? Man, it felt good. It, it, it felt like, uh, you know, like those two weeks were so long. It felt so long, you know, your first bite, your first fight back. You're such an underdog. Everybody thinks you're going to get demolished. All these people talking shit. I just, I love to prove people wrong. You know, I love it. That That's in the hype train that they had. It's just derailed. The eye was gnarly, and it's still pretty gnarly right now. How concerned were you with the eye, like, in that moment? I mean, you're probably not thinking about it too much because you're trying to finish the fight, but did you think it was as nasty-looking as it was probably when you saw yourself on the monitor? No, uh, I, I couldn't see. Off the first knee in the first round, when I threw the overhand right, he popped me. I guess it, the knee hit me right in my eyeball or something, but, like, I literally I was blinded. So in the second round, he just made it even worse. You know, like when he caught me with that right hand, he just made it even worse. But no, I was blinded the whole fight from my left eye. Yeah, I was, I couldn't see. It's funny because the talk on Twitter after the fight was one, what a performance. Glad he's back. He looks fantastic. And then the other part of it was screenshotting a photo of the eye as you're talking to Joe Rogan. And they're like, holy crap, like what if this fight had gone to the end of the round and he went back to the stool and the referee took a look at the eye and they brought a doctor in? They might have stopped the fight. Like, do you think about that at all? Is like Yes. Yes. I mean, it happened with me with Georgie. You know, right. like the cut was up here, and this time it's literally under my, you know, it's right under my over my eye. So, no, no, that was nerve-wracking. That's why, literally, when I was elbowing him, I was like, oh, come on, stop the fight, stop the fight. I don't want... If I lose another fight to a freaking cut, I'll flip. I don't know. I'll kill myself. Yeah. But it worked out. And then you got 50 Gs. How did that, like... How did you react? How did you find out that you got the 50 Gs? you find out on social media, or did your manager call you and and give you the good news? I was with my manager at the time. You were at the house? Oh, yeah. We were at his house, and he told me, and we started going crazy. Man, what a night for you. That's the way to finish a fight. <laughs> yeah. Finish a night. That's the way to finish a night. Find out you made the 50 Gs extra, you know? Do it on the main card of a pay-per-view right before the biggest heavyweight title fight of all time in the UFC. Yeah. Plus. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and a guy that was talked about so much, you know, to beat that guy is even better. So, man, it was a good night. So you know how the sport is, Daniel. You've been around long enough. We don't let you savor the flavor of these wins for too long. Everybody wants to know, you know, what's next and things like that. And obviously you got some healing up to do and and, and some things to to take care of before we can talk about your next fight. But eyeballing it right now, looking at the calendar, when would you like to get back in there? You want to try to get back in there before the end of the year? Do you think you can get back in there relatively soon? How are you kind of looking at it right now? Take one more fight. I'm going to take one more fight before the end of the year. I want to fight one more time. I'm going to let this eye heal. I'm going to get a good camp going, and we're going to talk to Shelby, see what he's got going on, see what kind of fight I can get. You know, I want to I want to climb the ladder, so let's see what they got. Herbert was pretty was in a pretty good spot, so you know how it is with these rankings, or, you know, that you just jump and take that guy's spot. Is there is there anybody that sticks out to you? Because I have a suggestion if you don't have anybody. <laughs> Not, let me know who you think I'm All right. I, I, whoever okay so I, I I'm a co-host of like this matchmaking podcast we do for MMAfighting.com so I suggested because this guy had a big win 
a couple of weeks before yours, you versus Gavin Tucker. I think that would be a lot of fun. He's on a nice little run right now. Gavin Tucker. I would have to look him up. I don't know who he is. Who did he just finished Justin Janes like two weeks ago? Man, got, I'm not good with names at all. I get hit a lot. It's from Canada. <laughs> He's got a lot of tattoos. Oh, really? I'm going to have to look him up, man. See, see what's up. See what's up with that, you know? Be a fun up. fight. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, any fight, you know, anybody anybody in the UFC would be a good fight, man. They're, they're, everybody's good. You know, there's no there's no bums there. You know, they're all good. It's not an easy fight there. Yeah, and the problem is for your, all your gambling enthusiasts in your life is you're not going to be as big of an underdog this time around. So they can still win some money. They're just not going to be able to win as much. Right, right. Well, Vegas did it twice already, man. They messed up <laughs> such an underdog you know hopefully they'll learn i don't know how that works i don't know who does it is it the casinos that do it or is it just the people i think it's like a combination of the two yeah i have no clue i don't got no clue either i want to know (laughs) i can punch one of them yeah but it paid off for for everybody in your life so maybe they should just keep throwing those odds like that yeah man keep on making me the underdog man like that can keep on proving people wrong i love proving people wrong Favorite memory about this trip? I mean, obviously it was, uh, you know, six and a half years to get back. We're in the middle of a freaking pandemic, so it's not the glamorous fight week that one would expect when they return to the UFC, but it is what it is. What Outside of the win and the fight and the bonus and all that stuff, like what are you going to take away from that from that trip back? The finish. The finish? 27 finishes. I still don't have a decision. And I'm going to keep it going. I think I think they need to give me a bonus for every finish I get. Hey, Black Bees be getting bonuses for every knockout, right? Give me a bonus for every finish. I don't have no decisions. You, you want to see finishes? I'll go finish people. He was on the broadcast a bunch of times with his tweets shouting you out. Did, did you talk to him since the fight? I haven't talked to him yet, but I'm going to go whoop his ass pretty soon. I think <laughs> I'm gonna go fight his ass. <laughs> he's looking good, man. Look at how he's all lean and mean. He's killing it, man. He, I mean, he got good, you know, training. He's getting good training, man. He looks good. He's killing people with that power. Derek got so much power. It's crazy. I'm telling you. I used to take his back, and he'll just grab my arm and just be like, no. And I'm like, God, what? How strong are you? You know, people can't just do that to me. And he just grabs my arm and takes it all. I'm like, God, bless. Yeah, that's one strong son of a gun right there. He's rolling right now. He says he wants to drop like 15, 20 more pounds. He's going to look like a totally different person. Yeah, man. He's a very athletic person, man. And, you know, and it's hard to submit. And I know that, you know, because I've rolled with him, you know. We've, me and Makako, you know, and Makako's a high-level black belt. You know, me and Makako roll with him. We jump him. Like, Makako will go, I will go. And, man, it's hard to submit him. I mean, we're and we start off in his back, and he's, like, freaking hard to submit. That's why... You know, it scares me every time he's down there, man, whenever they take him down. But then he's like, it's time to get up. And he just gets up. He's just like, yeah, how's he just getting up? <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah, he's such a monster. And you're a monster yourself. That was an incredible win on Saturday night. Incredible story. Congratulations on everything. The win, the bonus. You know, you get an extra 20% to boot. So couldn't have gotten any better for you which you know the eye aside it was a pretty fantastic return to the octagon for you congratulations definitely looking forward to seeing what's next for you and all the best enjoy the win and heal up man we'll see you soon thanks brother them houston boys man we're killing it (laughs) see you later man what a ufc return it was for daniel pineda and it seems that that man won people a lot of money and that's just 
like the people he knew. Th that's just a ridiculous number. It's just wild. Think about all the people who took dog shots on him on Saturday night, like outside of the people he knew. People, I mean, it could have been millions of dollars that he won people on Saturday night. Just wild. But congratulations to him. Huge victory over a rising contender at 145 pounds. It was nice to see Vince from Hell Pachel back in action on Saturday night. The guy has just dealt with so much on the health side of things throughout his UFC run, but he returned after around a 14 or so month layoff, took on Jim Miller on short notice, gets a big win to add to his resume at UFC 252. So let's talk to him all about it. Vince Pachel makes his debut right here on What the Heck. All right, let's check in with another winner from Saturday night at UFC 252. He defeated Jim Miller via unanimous decision in the featured prelim. Vince from hell, Pichel, makes his what-the-heck debut. Vince, how are you, man? <laughs> What's up, Mike Heck? How you doing? I'm doing great, man. It had been 14 months since we had last seen you compete. It seemed like this fight came together very quickly. I'm curious, when were you made aware of this opportunity to fight Jim Miller on a huge card like this? Um... I think I had like 12 days notice on the third Monday the third was the day that I found out about the fight uh, I accepted the fight got announced Tuesday and uh, started training <laughs> that sounds like perfect for you though like you seem to to thrive in situations like that yeah I've been I've been training already and uh, I, I was honestly ready for a fight I was looking for a fight I told my manager Jason like get me a fight say yes and tell me who it is later just Say yes and tell me who it is later. I I, I want to fight. I need to fight. I need to fight. I want to fight. <laughs> is that what happened? Yeah, basically. So you didn't know it was – so you said yes before you even knew it was Jim Miller? Well, I told him too, but he came up he, – he still told me about it, but I was like, yes, let's take it. The only thing, the only thing we were worried about was my weight. So uh, when I found out about the fight, I was 182 pounds. That was on the third, and then uh, I had to cut obviously to 55 or 56. So that, that was the only thing I was really concerned about. But uh, he tried to get me to do like a catch weight. And I was like, nah, let's just do 55. I'll make it. How would you describe that weight cut? Actually, it wasn't too bad. My body, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm super lucky, man. My body like really, really uh, kind of cuts weight fairly good. Um, I'm not a shitty eater. Uh, I eat a lot, but I'm not like too, too bad of an eater. And so once I go on that diet, I think like two, three days later, I, I lost like six pounds in a day. Like I, a lot of the weight just dropped off me. I mean, it probably didn't help that I ate like a, a family meal of uh, lasagna the night before that feeds like a family of six. But like weight falls off me pretty good when, once I get on my diet and uh, it just just fell right off, man. It wasn't too bad. I mean, the setup. The water part sucks, but. Yeah. The, the setup you have here is tremendous. Is this oh, yeah, something my, like you've, you've had in, for a while or? Yeah, this is my little nerd station I got here. So uh, I, I stream actually on Twitch. Um, I stream my trainings. Uh, I stream the pre-fight and post-fight um, of my last fight with Miller. I also did the same thing with Roosevelt Roberts. Um, so I do stream some stuff. Um, I stream a little bit of training sometimes, not when I'm like in a camp or nothing too crazy because I don't want these guys to know what's about to happen to them in a fight. But um, I do stream, I uh, play games as well. So I, I got a, I got a pretty decent little PC set up here. There you go. The mustache game, as you know, by now, just by looking at yourself in the mirror is 
a plus incredible right now. I mean, you and my colleague Casey Lydon had a little moment at the scrum after your win talking about each <laughs> <Yeah>. other's mustaches. <laughs> I'm glad he pulls mustache, mustaches. I can see it. <laughs> is um, this like a, is this a quarantine mustache or has this been a thing for a while now? I've actually had this mustache for a bit. Uh, right after I fought Roosevelt uh, is when I kind of started growing it. And I think I just had like a beard, right? I, I let my beard grow out. But then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna save it. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shave it. I'm gonna go with the stash. And I've had the stash for, uh, geez, I'm gonna say like six, eight months at least. I've had it for a bit. But uh, I, I love all the comments and everyone, everyone, <laughs> so many funny comments about it. But I, I, I love all the comments. How everyone loves the stash. We keeping it around? Oh, we're definitely keeping it. We're definitely keeping it. Caterpillar's not crawling away from me. We're bringing the mustaches back. I remember because I, I, you and I are the same age. So growing up in the 80s, like all of our dads, all of our uncles all had the mustache. And then like one day you like they'd come home from work and, and it would just be gone. And we were like, what? And then everybody's mustaches were gone, too. So now we're bringing it back. so weird. Your face looks so weird. I remember that, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's obviously, you know, never an easy night at the office when you fight a guy like Jim Miller. And, and I think it's fair to say about you as well. It's not. It's hard to not learn something about yourself when you step into a cage with a guy like Jim Miller, right? Yes, very much so. Um, I knew I was I was super confident going into the fight, grappling with him. Um, a lot of people, I think, sleep on my grappling because of uh, my two losses are to wrestlers, and I got submitted by Gillespie, right? But um, I think a lot of people sleep on my grappling because of that. But I guess you know after Saturday, they're probably not going to anymore. Midway through the first round, Jim lands a takedown. He was working on different submissions. He tried like three different ones, the guillotine, the Peruvian necktie. I think there was a heel hook mixed in there as well. And none of those looked like they were all that fun to be in. Although the first round didn't go your way, you had to have built some confidence knowing that you were able to do what most others in your position have not been able to do and get out of it. Is that accurate? Yeah, actually, um, the only real danger I felt like I was in the first round was that calf slicer, but uh, I was defending it well. I had my hand stopping his other foot from using it to apply more pressure. I had my other foot pushing on his hand so he couldn't really pull down that hard. So I was, I was defending very well. And I think uh, that gave me a lot of confidence, but I think that also told him, like, oh, shit, this guy's not just going to go away, right? I think that was I think that was kind of discouraging for uh, Miller, too, because I know I know it took a lot for him to, to get in those positions and, and squeeze on me a little bit. What about the third round? Because, you know, I, I thought you I think the best word to describe is you outgrimed him for the next 10 minutes. I mean, the third round did get dicey for a second with with another guillotine choke. He finishes that so many times, but you were able to get out of it and get the win. Was that was that dangerous at all? Were you close to being finished in the third round or are you good the entire yeah. time? No, that I, I was good up until that guillotine. <laughs> so that guillotine was very dangerous. It wasn't dangerous at first. I had him pinned against the cage. I had his neck on the wrong side, so he, he couldn't really get a good squeeze on me. But he adjusted and, and made that sucker tight as shit. And um, I, I had he had he had me in there for another few seconds, I would have had a tap. If I wasn't able to pull my head out from the sweat and just the, the fatigue that, that we both had, um, him especially in his arms from squeezing earlier, um, I, he probably would have caught me. I would have been another submission under his belt, and he would have walked away the winner that night. 
14 months away back in the win column second win in a row Roosevelt Roberts was obviously a highly touted prospect you jump from that to Jim Miller who has had as many fights in the UFC as anybody that has ever stepped foot in the octagon yeah, he's got the record now he's definitely yeah. <laughs> what did that what did that mean to you to get your hand raised and an opportunity like that after taking so much time off and man it means the world man like every fight every fight is just so much more of an accomplishment right now to that i feel at this age and um i'm just steamrolling man like i feel great my, my body's healed up this fight that i went to with miller was one of the fights where i didn't have any injuries i didn't have i didn't have a stub finger i didn't have a stub toe my knee wasn't tweaked at all i wasn't sore anywhere i wasn't hurting i wasn't tight anywhere this is the, one of the few times that I've actually gotten into a fight and been 100% for the fight. So it was it was really great to, to get out there and do that. I had all the confidence in the world. Um, being show, Showing that uh, that I can grapple with one of the best jiu-jitsu guys in MMA um, also was a big confidence booster for me. But uh, I, I'm going to start getting this, this ball rolling, man. I got a lot of makeup time uh, to catch up with. And uh, you're definitely going to see me fight by the end of the year. I don't got any injuries. I got some bumps and bruises. Got my ankles a little swollen. My elbows are sore, but other than that, like I'm good to go. So you're definitely going to see me fighting again by the end of the year. That's great. I mean, obviously, it's no secret you've you've had quite the road in between these fights, between a motorcycle accident, the the hip injury at the end of last year, make your way back and get a big win. So like, what do we do now? Do we have to like wrap you up and bubble wrap at this point? Because like <laughs> we want to see you fight again. I just feel like I just feel like maybe now's the time where things are starting. The stars are aligning here. Would you do you feel that way? I, I think so. Yes. And uh, I, I'm a man, Mike. I'm a firm believer in uh, things happen for a reason, man. And I think right now is just my all the pieces are coming together in my life, which happens every so often. I don't, I don't I don't believe in coincidence. I just I believe things are things are meant to way the way they are and, and things will always work out the way they're supposed to in the end. So I feel like that's just what's happening right now. Things are things are coming out good. I'm healthy. I spent a lot more time recovering on my body. My body feels great. Um, you know, what I mean, I'm, I'm an old dog in this sport, but you wouldn't know the difference between me or one of the younger kids. So uh, I feel great. Nothing but confidence. We're going to we're going to be safe. We're going to take care of ourselves like we've been doing so we don't get injured. And we're, we're going to we're going to keep this train going. The lightweight division is just ridiculous, as you know. It's just loaded from top to bottom. I have to say, Vince, I think you might be the most underrated guy in this division. Like, do you believe that as well? Like, people forget that you've won six out of your last seven. You talked about the Gillespie loss, but that guy was tearing through everybody at the time. It just kind of happened that way. Yeah. If you're not the most underrated guy in the division, you have to be, like, right up there on that list, right? Yeah, I, I definitely feel like I'm uh, one of the very underrated fighters. Um and it's probably just because of my lack of activity, right? Like I've I've just been getting injured, and I've had these times where I've had to take some time off, and I, and I'm I'm in such a person that I I like kind of be, kind of a pussy this way, where I like to play it safe, right? Like I want to make sure when I go out there and fight, typically like I'm 100%. I don't want to go out there and, and be like, oh shit, I wasn't I wasn't all there, or you know, what I mean, I don't I don't like having a weak link, so I like to go into stuff fully confident, um, you know, in all my strengths, um, very very well versed on the weaknesses, and. Uh, that way I can put on the best show I can, man. Do you have anybody in mind that you'd like to scrap it up with and keep this train moving or just whatever? Just whatever, honestly. Uh, I'm just I'm just a violent bash with anger problems. So I told Shelby, uh, you know, what, give me some options and we'll talk. I want to fight by later this year. And he's like, all right, cool. I'll let you know. He's like, heal up. Let me know when you're healed up and you're back in the gym. And he's like, well, we'll start talking. I was like, sweet. So that's what I'm doing, man. <laughs> 
you being 37, and that's not a big number for me because I am 37 as well. I, I feel like a common question you probably get in these interviews, and you know maybe you don't, is like, you know, how long do you have left to keep competing? And I think if there's someone in this division who can be competitive for at least another four or five years and have these dogfights with all these guys, who knows, maybe longer than four or five years, it's you, Vince. Like, do you even think about that at all? Is that a question that gets asked of you a lot? It, it does get asked of me, and and honestly, it's. It's hard for me to it's hard for me to give people an answer because I'm gonna let my body tell me when I need when I need to stop right and uh, although I do have injuries and everyone's like don't you think that's like a sign like you should stop but I'm like no it's like the reason I'm getting injured from most part is because I'm too stupid to know any better for my own good right like I just don't know to quit sometimes I, I just go and go and go until something breaks right like I go until failure I'm not I'm that kind of guy but um I don't I don't see uh, I don't see I don't see an end in the, in the near future. My body feels great. Um, like I said, I've, I've never felt better, been more confident physically in, in my body and my abilities than I do now. I feel like I'm I feel like I'm in my 20s again, man. Like I can't honestly describe how good I feel. Um, and so when my body tells me like, hey, we're getting we're getting a little slower, or you know what I mean? Like we maybe we can't compete at this level anymore. Maybe we'll think about it. But me me and me and him ain't having that talk just yet. How good does it feel to? I guess, feel the way you're feeling right now. I mean, it's, it, you haven't felt this way in a long time and now you have it 37, you just you're coming up a big win. You know, is it like a freeing feeling that at least for the time being, a lot of those nagging injuries and some of the things you had to deal with they're behind you, knock on wood. It really is, man. And, and perseverance is a son of a bitch, you know, and I, I honestly feel like the best way I can describe it, how I feel right now. And is just like, a, like I fell in love, right? It's almost like I, like I just fell in love again. And, like I'm just, I'm just feeling like top of the world. Like nothing can slow me down, nothing can stop me. I am unfuckwithable right now, and and that's just how I feel. That's just how I feel. That's great. A couple more things we let you go that I wanted to ask you about. One of which was, you got the opportunity to take a trip to the Middle East and visit the troops in November around. Yes. I think it was around like Thanksgiving time, and I'd spoken to yeah. Carlos Bars. I spoke to Alex Hernandez about it, and they said it was such an eye opener for them. It gave them some perspective on their lives and their careers for sure. What was that experience like for you? Um, it, it was amazing, man. Uh, it was a little rough because that was, I was injured in my hip and that was like right before my surgery. So I was kind of falling apart through the end of that. You know what I mean? Get my ass kicked by the troops. But, um, it's, it's a, it's a man. If all I can really say is if anyone hasn't traveled, you need to travel the world. You need to go to places that scare you, places that you don't think you'd normally want to travel to or you don't even think you'd have a, a good time enjoying and, and go there and watch how much you enjoy the place. For some of you that don't get to travel, don't get the kind of experience. And that right there, what we did is a once in a lifetime experience, right? Like not many people get to go visit and travel around with our troops. Uh, we, we were in certain, we were in places that we couldn't even say where we were. Like we got to do stuff. We got to see commanders. Like we got to talk to like high branch military people and it's like, it's such a rare opportunity. Like I feel nothing but blessed to be able to do that. I think that was my one, two, three. That was like my third, fourth time I've done that. Uh, second time I've been out there in the Middle East. Last time I was out there, it was like super hot, man. Oh my, oh my God. You don't want, you do not want to go out there in summer, bro. It is like 140 degrees with like 120% humidity. It is crazy. But uh, honestly, I, I feel lucky to get to do that and to hang out with our troops and and see how those guys live and the things they have to do and. And the things that we take for granted at home, but these guys sacrifice every day just just for us, right? And they don't even know us. So like, I feel nothing but blessed and super excited that I get that I've gotten to do those those tours and and kind of share some time with some guys and, and have them share their time with me. 
True or false, Shane Crutchin was the biggest pain in the ass on that trip. I mean, I... I... We we uh, it's all about perspectives, you know. It's all about perspectives. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quoting Alex Hernandez. <laughs> um, he wasn't too bad. I mean, he, Shane Shane is one of a handful, but he's actually Shane's a really good guy. He's got a good heart on right. him. I, I really do like Shane. I mean, I love Alex. I love Carla too. Lewis, like we we all had a good time. Amanda, um, Amanda Early, the one who put it all together for us, but. Uh, yeah, we. I, I feel like we were all a little bit pain, pain in the ass at some point or another. So it's 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 unfair just to say he was the biggest pain. <laughs> <in the ass. laughs> it, it was an eclectic mix of, of of personalities for sure between you and Alex and Carla. It just it was like a recipe for uh, some shenanigans, if if you yeah, will. And we had fun, but I think mainly it's because Shane was a Shane's an ex marine, right? So of right. course, everywhere when he's talking shit to everyone, like, oh well, if you're a marine, maybe you'd be more of a man. You know what I mean? Like like he'd be a little night ass comments like that which is probably what they're referring to but it was, it was all good fun you know it was all good fun it was an awesome trip everyone had a good time i had a good time um, that's amazing meeting those meeting them for all for the a lot of them like shane that was the first time i met shane too like i've known shane for a bit but that was the first time i met him face to face i knew lewis uh first time i met alex and then first time i met carla so it was really awesome meeting them too they're really amazing people too man like just so lucky yeah, really, really cool stuff. La- lastly, big title fight coming up in your division in October, Habib versus Justin Gaethje. That is just man. such a wild fight, man. What do you like in that one? What are you seeing? Honestly, like, this is a really hard fight to for me to pick now. At first, I was like, I want Gaethje to win. I want Gaethje to win. I want Gaethje to be the guy to take it back, right? Um, but then again, like, Khabib losing his father, going through his stuff. Um, I don't know. I don't know what Khabib's future is, if he's going to, if he's going to continue fighting, right. After he beats Gaethje or what, but in my eyes, if, if Khabib beats Gaethje and uh, beats him, like he's beating everybody else, like what, what more is there for Khabib to, to accomplish? Right. Maybe to fight Tony. He hasn't fought Tony yet. You know what I mean? Uh, McGregor's not going to come back. He'd be stupid to try to fight Khabib again. He'll just get smoked. Um, you know what I mean? Like, what 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 else does he have to prove? Maybe go up in a weight class, you know? But so, like, I don't know. I, I feel like I don't know what he's going to do. If he retired, I think that'd be an awesome thing for him to do. But if not, dude, dude's a beast. I, w- I would love for him to win just because of what he's what he's going through as well. So I, I don't I don't even know who to pick anymore, man. Like, I want to gauge you in, but now I'm, like, moving more, more towards Khabib because he's, like, the adversary that he's got going on right now, right? Yeah. He wants – to fight in October against Gaethje, then he wants to fight George St. Pierre in April. That's that's oh, kind of his what? timeline. That's oh, what wow. he wants. Okay, damn. <laughs> and George hasn't slammed the door on that. Everyone's calling George out, but if there's one fight, I think that might get George back in there. It might be Habib. It might be because uh, George knows it'll be like a wrestling match, right? And George is a big, strong dude, so that'd be oh, that'd be a good fight to watch. Honestly, I'd like to watch that fight. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but, um, between Khabib and Gaethje, I don't know. I, I want Gaethje to win. I still kind of want Gaethje to win because I think, I think it, it would be such a good feel-good story, right? If he won, but then the same if if Khabib loses, like it's I'm gonna feel terrible. I'm gonna be like, fuck, man, the guy just lost his dad. You know, he's kind of like Rocky losing Mick, right? Like he's just a little bullish walls right now. Let's root for a good fight. That's a draw. How about that? Then 
you know, we're not disappointed. There's no loser. And <laughs> just the fans who paid 65 bucks, that'll be livid if that happens. But yeah, just, just gain or Khabib will be disappointed because it's like, or actually Khabib won't be disappointed because he'll still retain the title, but <laughs> Gaethje will. There you go. Well, great win, man. Happy to, to see you healthy. Happy to see you back doing your thing. All the best to you as we head into the next one, wherever that may be. Congratulations again, Vince. Mustache game, top notch. Can't wait to see how that thing continues to just fill out over the next several months. It's going to be like Raleigh fingers at the end. We're going to curl that thing around. I can't wait to see it. Well done, man. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Thanks for having me, man. I had a good time. The mustache game is strong in that one, ladies and gentlemen. Vince Pichel, big win for him on Saturday night. As we move ahead to our final guest who had a big win a little over two weeks ago in the main event of the UFC's event on August 1st. He defeated Edmund Shabazian. Let's check in with one of the top middleweights in the world, Derek Brunson. All right, we got another first-timer on the show this week. Very excited about this. In fact, it's the first time I had a chance to speak to this man in nearly four years, looking back. But uh, happy to be joined by the number seven-ranked middleweight in the world, who a little less than three weeks ago handed Edmund Shabazian the first loss of his career. Derek Brunson is joining the program. Derek, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. So before we get into like what's going on with you and, and the big win and everything, I actually I haven't had the chance to talk about UFC 252 on Saturday night with the fighter who actually didn't compete in the event itself. So I want to kind of get a different perspective on things, if you don't mind. First of all, the main event, we saw Stipe Miocic defend his title against Daniel Cormier, picked up the unanimous decision. Stipe looking lean and mean. The hair game was on point. Obviously, the eye poke sort of put a damper on things. But in the end, Stipe goes out and gets the job done. What were your thoughts on how the main event went down on Saturday from a from a fan's perspective? It was a good fight, you know. Um, I don't take into consideration the eye pokes. Um, DC poked him in the eye earlier, so it's a fight. Things happen. You got to readjust and, and, and make the changes. It was a great performance. Um, Stipe came in there looking like he was in shape. He looked like a 205er but had the size of a heavyweight. So it looked like he took the fight very serious, and he was able to get the results in his favor. But it, was, it was a good fight um, from beginning to end. This is one of those like tough fights to watch if you're kind of putting your fan hat on, right? Because we all want the storybook ending in sports. Like final fight, we want to see Daniel kind of ride off into the sunset with all the pageantry and and retiring as the the heavyweight champion of the world. But at the same time, like Stipe's such a good dude. He's a firefighter. He's a first responder. He's like such a good guy. There, there's like no baby face and no heel here. It's it, it was tough to watch in a weird way, was it not? Yeah, it's funny, man. If DC would have won and been the heavyweight champion again, man, I think he might have been enticed to get that third fight with John, you know? So I couldn't trust him on that fact, you know? But DC is a solid guy. You know, he does a good job um, commentating the fights. Um, like you said, Stipe is a well-rounded, very good person from all accounts. You know, he stand up for good things, stand up for the right things. Um, so, yeah, man, it was tough to pick a guy you want to win. I knew DC longer and I came up in strike force with him. So I kind of, you know, was favored towards DC, but at the same time, you know, I like uh, what Stipe does in inside and outside the octagon. Do you feel like Stipe's not getting a lo enough love here for the win? 
No, Stipe don't get a lot uh, enough love. I mean, if you look at Stipe, you go to his social media, he gets like I don't know, 20, 30, 40,000 likes on his on his photos, you know, people paying attention. And if you go to like O'Malley, O'Malley getting a, a 100,000 likes, you know. Some some things in life aren't fair, you know, and don't really make sense, but I mean, it is what it is. As he's a champ and he's making a lot of money, he's able to take care of his family, so I don't think he cares. I think he go out there and do his job, but um, definitely a guy that's underappreciated. You think DC's definitely done? Yeah, for sure. I think DC's definitely done. Um, there's really nowhere or nothing for him to gain. I mean, if he was a champion, I think you could have enticed him for, you know, John Jones moving up to heavyweight, and I think that was kind of pre-planned. So I think you could have, you know, they could have threw a lot of money at him that he probably couldn't turn down. Um, but there's what he's going to go back and be the 205 champion. Uh, what he's going to be the heavyweight champion, what he's, you know, three or four fights. And DC is one of those guys who, you know, he look at his look at himself as like a top competitor and he wants to be in title fights. So he's three out or I would say two away at 205 and probably three, three away at heavyweight. So there's really no point, you know, at his age and what he have going on outside of Octagon. We saw, you mentioned Sean O'Malley. We saw him suffer his first loss at the hands and feet and elbow of Marlon Chito Vera. It was a huge win for Marlon. It was met with a little bit of a, so, uh, some controversy early on, but as people sort of went back and watched the fight a little deeper, it seems like it was a very clean win. And you were just in a, in a similar position as Cheeto, being an underdog against an unbeaten rising star, and much like yourself, he goes out and gets the job done. What did you make of Marlon's win outside you know, of the fact that you didn't get to cash it on this, like, big parlay that you put up on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Um, well, so I don't think Shabazian and, um, what's the kid name? What, uh, what's the kid name? O'Malley. I don't think uh, Shabazian and O'Malley are nearly at the same level. You're talking two undefeated guys, yes, but Shabazian came in and, you know, beat a couple guys you're supposed to to be, to be like, you know, considered like next up. And then he came through and fought a guy who's been ranked in the top 15 for years. Young guy, not an old Asian guy, but a young guy in Tavares. And he put a nasty combination on it and was able to knock him out. Whereas if you look in the fight with Izzy, Izzy went five rounds with Tavares. So that gives you a little bit of a skill. You know, it's not like Tavares is old. You know, he had a guy who's young, who, you know, is very skilled and he was able to finish him. So then he came and stepped up and fought a, you know, a top 10 guy. Whereas O'Malley was kind of ranked, he was ranking, circling back, you know, it seemed like fights that was like playing into his favor. You know, Chito, I believe was, you know, um, I don't know, he had, a lot, he had a lot of fights in the UFC, a young guy, but I think Shabazian definitely earned his um, hype a lot more. Whereas, you know, Tito was, I mean, um, O'Malley was doing what he was supposed to be doing and getting getting great matchups, you know, not saying he's a talent, he's good, but he was getting great matchups to get where he's at. And since Saturday night, we've had all these changes in the sport. We've seen John Jones vacate the light heavyweight title. He's planning on jumping to heavyweight. Reyes and Blahovich are about to fight for the vacant title. UFC 253. Rumble Johnson's getting back in the testing pool. You put out a tweet on Monday that said something to the effect of, you know, you always wanted to eat and not cut weight, and then you had, like, the, the thinky face emoji going on. Were you serious about that? Are you actually pondering a 205 move, or are you just messing around and seeing how people react to it? Uh, it was a thought process, you know. It was a thought process. But, you know, one of my teammates, Rumble, uh, he's coming back, and I think, you know, he's coming straight into the picture, you know. So I, 
I'm I'm close to where I want to be at middleweight, and Rumble's coming back back in 205, and you know you got Burns fighting, and Usman was a part of our tra- our training camp for, for so long. He just left, you know, because him and Burns fight each other. But imagine that, you know, three guys or you know four guys surging. You know, we it's a lot of good guys there, but um, I definitely thought about it. You know, just and and those some of the thoughts when. You're at fight week and cutting weight. You're like, man, why am I doing this? Why I keep cutting this weight? You know, it's not not the funnest thing, but you know, when it pays off, it's a lot better. So you still feel like you can easily make that cut? Because 205, I mean, some of these guys are just huge. Like people look at it and they think 20 pounds isn't that big of a deal, but you know, there's some big dudes, some big boys at 205. Yeah, there, there are some big guys at 205. You know, but um, I'm a big 85er. And it would just take, you know, lifting weights and bulking and eating and getting getting a little bit of weight up. But I think um, at 205, the skill set isn't like 85. Like, I think well, the more you go up, the less skill, the less skills uh, the guys have. But it starts to be more power, you know. So <laughs> it's kind of like give or take, you know. Is Rumble still as terrifying as he was when he left? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, that's why... <laughs> I'm ready for these fights and people are like, oh, ever since I've been training down in South Florida, it's so many guys that are really good. Like when I spar rumble, I, my chin is down where people used to say, oh, you keep your chin in the air. So that's not a problem when we're in training. I make sure I keep my chin down, my hands really tight by my face and I'm like working from there, you know, cause rumble is a guy who, you know, he hits hard and he don't try to hit hard. So you definitely have to make sure you pay attention to the small things. So you're not getting caught with, with those big punches. Well, you, sir, are on a roll right now. You got three straight wins. Recent one we talked about against Edmund. That was a big one considering the placement on the card, the stakes, the popping circumstance, et cetera. And you've talked about how things have changed since you moved to Sanford MMA and, and started working there. You've won all of your fights since making that, that shift over there. What else do you feel has changed over these last three fights? I'm just that, you know, um, starting to get uh, – I wouldn't say smarter. I just say wiser and making better decisions when I'm on the octagon. Risk and gambling. I'm trying to be more calculated and um, structured. And being down at Sanford, that's helped me, you know, make those adjustments in each part of my game. As you know, momentum is everything in this sport. A loss doesn't define you, but positive momentum does everything for your career and you're on a good run right now you're on a good run before the robert whitaker loss arguably they went away from fighting for the title do you feel like is if you're in a much better spot now than you were four years ago like how would you compare the the two times in your career oh yeah definitely um i'm in a much better spot you know because yeah i was one away from a title shot that fight with me and whitaker was a title eliminator um but if I would have won that fight, I still would have made the same mistakes in the next fight or the next fight after that. So, yeah, I feel like, you know, I'm a more matured, um, technical version of myself, and I haven't slowed down or lost my athleticism or speed any. 185 is, is really interesting right now. There's, there's some big fights coming up. Of course, you get the title fight with Izzy and Paulo Costa, Whitaker and Jared Kinnear fighting in October. You've said it yourself, the Jack Hermanson fight, make it seems to be the one that makes the most sense right like especially with how the other matchups are looking and how things are official like you and Hermanson is a no-brainer to me right oh yeah you know um her uh, Hermanson is you know streaking you know he's had a good past two years he's won some big fights he's sitting in that fourth spot he doesn't have enough 
doesn't have a fight and he's not next for the title. So it's a fight that, you know, can put one of us next for that next title shot, you know, down the line, you know. So I think it's a no-brainer. It's definitely a good fight to make in the division. Has that fight been discussed at all? Like, have you heard anything in that regard or... I mean, I think I think it makes sense. You know, I asked for the fight. You know, I haven't really got much. I haven't heard from Jack. You know, I haven't heard from the UFC. Um, they don't really have any plans for him. I, I guess he's kind of sitting in that spot. Maybe if somebody get injured or something like that. But as far as lining up a fight, uh, I think that's the fight to make. You know, um, I jacked up my thumb a little bit in my fight. So we're letting that heal a little bit. But I think, you know, November, December, I'm, I'm all for it. Does anything else even even stick out to you right now? Like, I, I mean, there's the rematch with Romero, maybe, but he was supposed to fight Uriah Hall this Saturday, as a matter of fact, before he got injured. Who know who knows how long y'all is going to be out for? Does anything else even like make sense or stick out to you in this division, realistically? Not not. It's a few fights. I mean, Till. I like Till fight. He has a huge name. It does a lot for me. Um, does a lot for him also. Um, Hermanson. I mean, I think that's the fight that makes the most sense um you have Whitaker and Cannonier fighting each other um if my thumb was a little bit healthier I would be all for if someone got injured and even you know even still you know we heal up a little bit um I'm all for if someone get injured whether it's Whitaker Cannonier like those are the type of guys I'm focused on right now guys that surging that's in that discussion of getting the next title shot um Romero that fight I mean I, it doesn't matter I wish he was in a little bit better spot than he lost four out of five and, you know, guys saying he'll never get another title shot. I want somebody with some some pop and, and name recognition, you know. Who do you think wins between Izzy and Costa? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, it, it depends whoever can oppose that will. There's five rounds, you know. Um, Izzy going to be looking to stick and move and Costa going to be looking to walk him down. So wh- whoever can get whatever they're trying to do off, I think that's who's going to win the fight. So we're getting to that point as parents, because you're, you're a father, I'm a father myself, where school is about to kick off. I think it may have kicked off in your neck of the woods. Right. So are, are you going, are your kids going virtually right now? Are, are they at home doing the schooling? Yeah, they're doing the virtual online, virtual schooling. So they're pretty much logging in for Zoom for 15 to 20 minutes, uh, meeting with the classroom, talking with the teachers. Then I think they get off for 30 to 45 minutes and work, and then they do it again for the next class. So they have like four or five classes per day, and they tune in for like 15, 20 minutes uh, to like discuss what they need to do on that day. How are you enjoying kind of balancing the the two roles? Because you're you're kind of like a part time teacher at the same time too. I'm dealing with it myself with a seven year old. His summer breaks on. We, he doesn't go back for like another month, but he actually gets to go back into the classroom when he oh, goes yeah, back yeah. to school here in Massachusetts, which is going to be interesting. So how how are you enjoying sort of balancing dad and I guess substitute teacher in a weird way? My daughters are twelve and thirteen, and they're very mature. So they think they can know everything and can handle it on themselves. So it works out perfect. Oh, beautiful! So I'm just a guy making sure. Okay, um, I'm checking on the um, power school, which is where the teachers grade the papers, and making sure they've done their work. And if they don't do the work, I'm like, hey, what's going on? Why is this missing? You know. So I'm just like overseeing, making sure that they get the stuff done. There you have it. A bow has been tied on UFC 252. A bow has been tied on this episode of What the Heck. Big thank you to the guests. Big shout out to Casey Lydon on the production, Esther Lynn on the graphics, and of course, to all of you for checking out the program this week. We have you covered this weekend with MMA action like crazy. Bellator 244 on Friday, UFC on ESPN 15 
on Saturday or UFC Vegas 7 or UFC Fight Night, Munoz versus Edgar. I mean, just so many hashtags and names. It's, I, I can't keep track of it all. But anyways, just keep it locked on MMAfighting.com and we'll do all that stuff for you. You just follow along, all right? But that's it. We're done. Again, thanks for watching and listening. And as always, have a heck of a week, everybody. Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.